Welcome. Earth, along with me. Oh, gnarly. Oh, my God, I shot my eye out. These guys are 11. Reading Starfighter. Hasta la vista, baby. Fortin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And this week we're talking about Rescue Rangers and its brand new movie, which asks the question, hey, remember the existential dread you felt as a kid watching Roger Rabbit when the cartoon got dipped? Well, you're going to relive that for a half hour as part of the major plot of this movie. Yay! You know what we people would like if we did it again? Terrified them. Yay! I did like it, but <laughs> I was just saying, it's like, oh, it's just this shit is dark. It it did get a little uh, a little weird at a couple times, but uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Oh, we'll, we'll, we got. I got thoughts. We got thoughts. Joel always has thoughts. No, I don't actually. Usually, mostly the time, it's just a meow mix cat singing. Fuck you. This is this week we are doing the 1990s Disney Disney Afternoon special of Rescue Rangers up against the 2022 remake reboot retelling continuation by this island. Yeah. So uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us and give us a show idea that you'd like to hear and give us a call at 708 now wrap 708-669-9727. You can also join our discord conversation by clicking the join us link in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. We have all sorts of chats and conversations. Lots of lots of talk about food. Lots of talk yep. about food. But I've got a whole section just for show ideas. So come and on over. Drinks. Yeah, and you guys drink. were talking a lot about uh was I IPAs or hoppies or something, stouties. I don't know. Some some beer thing. Yeah, we talk about beer often. But we don't have any feedback this week, so we're going to the question of the week, which is... Did, did, did you say hoppies and stardies? Huh? Yeah, he he said, said hoppies and stouties, and I, I chose stouties. to... Stouties. Yeah. I chose okay, to just what... clench my jaw in rage rather than refer well, to it. You guys actually were talking about... Uh, go, goes or no. Uh, ghost. The, the ghost, ghost bus. Yes. Yes. That That's what I was trying to think of, and I couldn't think of it, so I just tried to go down a different road. Mm. the ghost yeah anyway sorry yes question of the week <laughs> i am sorry i had no idea where to go for a moment there that was the i was thinking about the, the gozer beer for a moment so probably is one out there but the week, question of the week a gozer beer yeah, yeah that, we were chat. actually talking about that in beer chat yeah oh i missed yeah. that okay but uh what is the worst movie trope according to you <clears throat> Pretty much anything regarding guns. <laughs> How so, Patrick? Just guns in Hollywood are just uh, just horrible. Like, first of all, everybody's always shooting guns in enclosed pla- spaces with no protective earwear, which means everybody should be walking around with tinnitus. Everybody can... Like, the the action that, hero... Can, right is uh, Archer. Yeah. The action hero can always be shot and just, you know, just be like, okay, I'm just fine. Let's continue the movie. It was just a flesh wound, which is always ridiculous. Just, you know, the number of bullets fired in, in any one gun, you know, like unlimited supply of ammunition, you know, so many things. Like, in, even though it's one of my favorite movies, you know, in the movie Predator, 
the amount of ammunition they would have needed, you know, for that entire movie would have been like it's literally a semi truck full of ammunition. Well, and they're just not shooting into the jungle scene alone. Yeah, and they're they're just not carrying that much, you know, <laughs> that much. Uh, what do they call it? Um, oh damn it! I just, I've lost the military term, but yeah, they're, they're not they're not yeah. carrying that much. Yeah, no, but there's that specific term Rounds? for ammo. For ammo. Oh. Anyway, yeah, they're ordnance. They're not carrying that. Yeah, they're not carrying that kind of ordnance. Uh, you didn't see the guy, a guy driving around behind him with a forklift and a <laughs> right. of bullets. They, they just got one Mexican bar back. He's carrying it all on his back for him. <laughs> like, after some of the guys I've worked with, I, be, I would believe it. <laughs> Those fuckers so, carrying like seven kegs on their back. Like, ah! The uh, uh, the actual name of the trope you're referring to, according to TV tropes, is dramatic ammo depletion. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, basically, you've got unlimited bullets until the moment comes to, like, uh, you're facing off against the big bad, and then your gun goes click. Right. Or you're down to one bullet when there's, like, three bad guys left, you know? Yeah. Yeah, all anything related to guns. All those tropes. Yeah, yeah. Bullet curving. All that stupid, you know. Guns are, are nothing like what they're treated as in Hollywood. Silencers that just go flip. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have one, but it kind of, it, it almost crosses over more into the TV territory, which is the will they, won't they trope. I, I, it just. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, definitely TVs. Yeah. They milk that so hard and then they tried to force it, you know, with Rachel and Joey. And then it became a thing with like every sitcom or show. It had to be a thing. And I, I, I really am happy that 30 rock they played with that trope and made the audience go oh are jack donaghy and and liz lemon gonna you know have a will they won't they and then they quickly were like no you dumbass we're not going down that road <laughs> yeah every and time they, they almost would... had a kiss <laughs> they're like yeah you know yeah I, I, that one just just i like watching a show where that i mean sometimes it, it happens naturally in the writing but a lot of times it feels like that was the plan from the beginning is we're going to try and make another Ross and Rachel, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, Sam and Diane, I think, was the original World they Won't Good they? point. Yeah. Even better. Even better example. Yep. I don't know. For me, I think it's in the movies is the uh, incredible problem that could be so, could have been solved by a five minute conversation. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. That's a real good one. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a great moment in in not to not to do it, but like in the office, you know, where they're, they're he's like talking. To, one of the guys is talking about, oh, what was that movie where they did blah blah blah? And the other the other guy just goes, well, how about that movie where their boss was in the next room and they could have just gone in and talked to him? <laughs> so yeah, that is a definite definite bad Hollywood trope. Yep. Sorry, I just didn't mean to step on that mic, but like, yeah, that's no. I'm trying. That, to, I'm trying to think of. Uh... I'm trying to think of a movie that could have totally the last movie I saw where I just went like they could have why just, don't, uh, well, yeah why don't they just talk this out yeah I mean even going down to like kids kids movies Frozen you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. just why didn't they tell the younger daughter about the about these powers it seemed like something she should have known right you know um so, yeah. yeah what is a good the born identity <laughs> just sit him down and talk to him uh, mine is not going to be a surprise to anyone because i constantly bitch about it even though it originated in uh comic books it is present in all forms of media it is uh 
refrigerators for women uh, comes down to basically it, it started, I, I think, in the flash where his girlfriend was literally like chopped up and put in a fridge. And it basically is like whenever a female character is horrifically murdered for the sole purpose of character development for one of the dudes. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Fridging women. You'll you, once you uh, know of the trope where, yeah, a woman is either murdered. Usually it's murdered, but sometimes it's uh, raped and the only purpose is for the guy to like, okay, now I'm going to power up and get revenge. It's for his character development. And she's just a prop, a vehicle. You'll see it a lot. Or, or like, you, you, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's actually one of the things that made me stop watching Supernatural. Because it happens to almost every female character that runs into the brothers. Hmm. I was going to say, uh, cite uh, Game of Thrones doing that to Sansa. Oh, for sure. Just to make the bad guy more bad. Yeah, I mean, it's usually used as a uh, way to make the hero sympathetic and like, okay, now he's going to get his revenge. Right. Now it's okay that he does whatever he needs to do. Uh, Braveheart. Braveheart does it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, again, I mean, in that same genre of Rob Roy. Mm -hmm. Bad Boys, that that Sean Penn movie I recommended the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's a nice cut. Yeah. Um, John Wick, except it's a dog. Except yeah. it's a oh, dog. Man. <laughs> what? Dog, no, dog in fridge, yeah. Well, yeah, but like you're not expecting character development for a dog. No. It's just no. What? It's the, what? <laughs> you obviously have not seen Dogs Don't Dance. The cats don't dance. All dogs go to heaven. All dogs that's, go to heaven. That had a, that. Speaking of terrifying cartoons, that hell scene in that movie was. Oh, see, yeah, that was that was that was slightly traumatizing. All dogs go to hell. That was worse. <laughs> what? All right, about that time. Yeah, I think Uh-oh. so. This week in music movies. TV. In sports. Right no right. <laughs> We're going with <laughs> March 4th, 1989, the premiere of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Chippendale, the Rescue Rangers. All right. Oh, there you go. You got a little tambourine yeah. back up. <laughs> I like it. Thanks, Lucy. Uh, so, music, the number one song in the land was Lost in Your Eyes by Debbie Gibson. Yep. You guys know that song? Yep. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a David yeah. Gibson song. Yep. That is a song she sang. <laughs> that is a song. I have nothing else to say about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's just I mean, it was a very just nothing song. I mean yeah. it was it was on that Debbie Gibson a pop, album. It, it was a pop ballad sung by the girl next door. Yep. I wish she lived next door. She's glad she doesn't, I'll tell you. <laughs> right? She made sure of it. All right, moving on. So Madonna released the Like a Prayer video on March 3rd during an airing of The Cosby Show, and it proved to be one of the most controversial music videos of all time. The video ends with Madonna making out with a saint on an altar, and that sparked outrage. 
However, this did not stop Like a Prayer from reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Pepsi had paid $5 million to Madonna to use her and a song, or and the song, in a TV advertisement. Yeah, not just any song, this song. And once the video aired, PepsiCo received numerous complaints from those who believed that Like a Prayer video was part of Madonna's Pepsi ad. The American Family Association called for a PepsiCo boycott, and in the end, PepsiCo paid quite a bit of money for an ad they had to pull. You think they'd check those sorts of things before they, you know... Well, no, they they signed like the contract with her. They're like, hey, I got an upcoming song. It's going to be big, blah, blah, blah. Well, we want to use it in our commercial. Okay, well, it'll cost you $5 million. Okay, and then she de- debuts the song, and, and they debut the commercial on the same night. They air it for like a week, and they're like, you know, too, get too much heat. And they're like, well, I guess we're done airing this. What does this have to do with Pepsi? Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, me yeah, the ad and the video. <laughs> the ad and the video, you know, totally separate, but you know, people heard the song in the in the ad and were, you know, just didn't want to disassociate it. So. This sacrilege I, is making me thirsty. I don't remember the. <laughs> I remember the video because we talked about the video in one of our. There was a cross burning. Yeah, there, there were several. Cross. She was making several, out with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's Madonna, but I mean, I'm, I don't remember the commercial. That's, That's what I said. It only on very long. Yeah, it only it only appeared for about a week. Yeah. I know, but I think I would have run in, run into it over the years. You know, it's, I'm sure it's archived somewhere on YouTube. It's got to be. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Somebody somewhere has. You know, it's a huge Madonna fan and has saved it for posterity. And jerking. <laughs> Step four. I also profit. learned that that song is perfectly in my range. I've, I've done like a prayer karaoke, which I may have mentioned on the show before. Do you make out with Jesus too? Oh, maybe. I mean, there. It's a lot of booze when I have karaoke. <laughs> it, finally... out, it was actually Jesus, just a guy sitting in the corner. But when. He's carrying all the uh, ordinances for the group. <laughs> Leave our bar back alone. We need ice. <laughs> this is not my job. <laughs> oh, Jesus the bar back. I, I hope he's going to be a new character. Hey, he feels like home. <laughs> Every time, every time Josh goes up to karaoke after that point, he hears the music. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> this never goes to a good place. I hate when he sings this song. <laughs> Moving on. Gotta finish. I'm sorry. I got the whole. I have the whole sitcom episode going in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Josh and Jesus show. Cut to the end the of the music. episode. Music kicks on. Madre deals. <laughs> We're to the party and I have to die to head off. I can't afford a phone and I sound like don't head off. Uh, and finally, Lloyd Tiny Grimes was an American jazz and R&B guitarist and a member of the Art Tatum Trio. He was a backing musician on recording sessions, most notably Billie Holiday, and later led his own bands, including a recording session with Charlie Parker. He is notable for playing the electric tenor guitar, a four-stringed instrument. He died on March 4th from meningitis at the age of 72 and was absorbed. Meningitis sucks. So it's dying, apparently. But that's the thing. You know, not only are you like 
completely incapacitated, there's a strong chance you could pass away. And both my oldest kid and myself got it within a month of each other mm. in 2003. Although mine was viral and his was uh, bacterial. Hmm. Good so, times. Good times indeed. Spent a month on the couch with the lights off. And as soon as it was over, I was like, I was starting to get really depressed and it finally like lifted and I finally was feeling better. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's over. And then vertigo hit. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> nice. I felt like Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land was Lean on Me, a biographical drama starring Morgan Freeman based on the true story of Joe Lewis Clark, a real-life inner-city high school principal. Have you guys seen that? call me Batman. I saw it when it first came out. <laughs> I remember seeing it on VHS at some point. I think I rented it from the video store when I was working there. Uh, it was good. I mean, I I've it. seen it a few times. My favorite line is when he's on the roof with the little fat crackhead kid. You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> I love that line. I don't know why. Just it's great delivery. I don't right. want to die. You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> Born on March 5th, Jake Matthew Lloyd, known also as Jake Broadbent, is an American former actor. He got his big break playing Janie Langston in Jingle All the Way. Lloyd gained uh, worldwide fame when he was chosen by George Lucas to play the young Anakin Skywalker in the 1999 film Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace, the first film in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Lloyd received the Young Artist Award for Best Supporting Actor. In 2000, Lloyd starred in the dramas Die With Me and Madison and then retired from acting. He was one of the earliest, like, uh, the voice actor for Jar Jar Binks was before him in terms of getting bullied out of the business uh, by Star Wars fans. But he was mm-hmm. he was one of the er- other really early people yep. that that happened to. And, and like, he literally, like, he's had a, a, a bad time. He's got mental issues and shit because of all this bullying he undertook. Which just sucks, man, because... I- I, I, you know, my fandom is Doctor Who and it's, it's there. And for, uh, you know, a, a show that's all about inclusivity, it, the fandom is, is shit, but boy, Star Wars people, I don't, it's just like, why, what was the point of doing that? I mean, I mean, for some, for, for people that love something so much, they have a lot of hate towards it too. It's very weird. Yeah, no, I don't... nobody hates Star Wars as much as Star Wars fans. Exactly, <laughs> it drives me it's nuts. And it's crazy because that is my, one of my primary fandoms. But like, I, I love everything Star Wars, and I, I think I direct my rage towards other Star Wars fans. <laughs> it's you like, know, look, you you didn't much care for Return of the Jedi. You hate the prequels. You hate the sequels. You're not big on most of the shows. Tell you what, if you don't like 75% of what a thing is, you're not a fan of that thing. Right, exactly. You just like some of it. You're not a, yeah. you're not a okay. real fan. Yeah, exactly. It's okay to, you know, have criticisms of things and to talk intelligently about something that, you know, I'll admit there's some episodes of Doctor Who that aren't aren't that great, but I still enjoy it for what it is, and it's more of the thing I love, so... I mean, I I agree 100% with what Josh said. Like, if you don't like 75% of what the thing is, you don't like it. (laughs) You just like parts of it. 
I just, yeah, I don't get it. And you really like start bitch about it. Possibly. They just like I mean, bitching. There are always going to be trolls, but yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, at least I, have, I, I feel like I have, like I hate a lot of stuff, but I feel like I have legitimate reasons for my hatred. I don't hate somebody just to hate it. I really don't. It's just most things suck. Well, <laughs> you don't attack the people involved with making that thing. No, or no, I, I try out, not to. Yeah, seek it out to comment on it on social media. No, definitely and not. Usually, you have some sort of comment as to why it you don't like it and sometimes obviously it's a bit more of a funny thing to say than a legitimate concern but a lot most of the time you know there's something behind it yeah, and, I, and i don't have like vitriol like a lot of these people you know it, it's just i don't wish ill on somebody because they made something i don't like <laughs> exactly and that's the thing I think that where the line gets massively stepped over is when people are like, that person should die because they can't act very well. It's like, well, why? You know, what? what why should a person right. be dead? Okay. Right. <laughs> We're weird about actors in general. Actors are the only artists that people never... A, a large number of people never recognize that an artist can get better at their craft with time. Like uh, we saw this when the Batman was uh, announced as like Robert Pattinson. It's like, okay, you didn't like him in Twilight. That was years ago and he's still an actor. Isn't yeah. it reasonable to say he's better at acting now? Yeah. Like I, I used to not like Leonardo DiCaprio. Now he's an amazing actor and I love him. And yeah. I don't think it's because like his other stuff I was undervaluing. I, he got better. <laughs> anyway. He TV? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, anyway, I think we got lost in the tweet here. <laughs> All right, so TV, top shows in the land are Roseanne, The Cosby Show, Cheers, and A Different World. Yep. There we go. 89 for you. Yep. Other shows that debuted this week were Coach, Cops, Anything But Love, and the acronym of the week, H-T-O-P-E. I know this one. It's Helping the Octopus Proctologist Examine. <laughs> That's oddly uh, topical. topical. Yeah. Nice. Proctor, Proctor. <laughs> Doc Ock. No, that is actually hard time on planet Earth. I don't know that. I don't either. Hard ticket to Hawaii. That's Was that by Wigwam? Andy Sidar's movie. No. Oh. No. But do you, what? Is that hard time on planet Earth theme music? What is that? No. no, they both have the word hard in them, so he had to associate. Oh, yeah, he ran it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I ran down the hallway with a pair just, of scissors. My head is stuck in an idea of an octo- octoproctologist, octopus proctologist, because have you ever seen those videos where, like, the octopus crawls Can in fit into any kind of hole? <laughs> oh, Lord. See, the octoprocto doesn't need a speculum. Oh, doctor, I need a hernia. I've got this pain down there. Oh, man. Doctor? Ooh. <laughs> Well, that beak is a little sharp, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Doctor Jelly Flipper. It's like you're not kissing me until you take a shower. I know where you've been. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. On March 10th, the series finale of Webster had the eponymous character being transported to the USS Enterprise NCC 1701D from Star Trek: The Next Generation with Michael Dorn 
guest starring as Lieutenant Worf. Are is that wait what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly the order you're supposed to ask those questions. That's that's a real thing that happened. That's how Webster ended. As in, like a canonical, e- yeah, like canonically, Webster is in Star Trek universe now. Because back not, then, back then, people weren't really con- you know concerned about like you know mixing worlds and stuff. They were just like, it would be a cute ending, haha. You know, and, yeah. He, yeah. So it's not like he was going to like a Star Trek exhibit and they just had him interacting with Michael like Dorn it, as Worf. Like it was his dr- no, he went he went on the spaceship. It's kind of like it, it's up there with uh, great endings with TV shows like uh, Saint Elsewhere, right? Or, you know, or Dexter. Real, what the hell? Yeah, I, I looked at Webster finale. Uh, and it gave me the definition of finale in the Webster's Dictionary. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> well, it's not wrong, you know. It's... Uh, there's a picture of Webster and Worf together. Yep. Together what again. The hell? A pairing you've never asked for. And it's in the Star Trek wiki page. He like sure. I said, it's, it's canonical. He's Webster is in... It's Webster and Worf today. <laughs> Thrust into the 24th century, Webster meets Klingon Lieutenant Worf in Season 6, Episode 25, which aired on March 10th, 1989. Uh-huh. Wow. I, just I did not know new. that. Yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah I, remember, I remember when it happened, people talking about it. It was it was definite uh, water cooler talk. When you dropped, kicked your jacket. When <laughs> you came to the door, no one glared. But sometimes you're just a Klingon and no one cares. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> That's fucking good. All right, moving on to sports. Sports. On March 3rd, during training camp while the Mets were posing for a yearbook photo, Keith Hernandez and Daryl Strawberry nearly came to blows in front of reporters, cameras, and TV crews. While being held back by teammates, Strawberry told Hernandez, I've been tired of you for years. Well, that's a fun time. <laughs> Everybody get together, taking our photograph, and the next thing you know, two guys are just in the corner, ah, strangling each other. <laughs> the photographer's like, this is amazing. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you could actually look it up on YouTube. It's you know a, a little scuffle that got caught by the cameras and everything. Yeah, nice. Christopher Roger Wokes, born March second, is an English cricketer who plays internationally for England in all formats. In domestic cricket, he represents Warwickshire. Wokes made his one-day international and 2020 international debuts in 2011 and Test debut in 2013. He was part of the England team that won the 2019 Cricket World Cup. As of April 2022, he is currently ranked as the number two ODI bowler in the world in the ICC men's player rankings. Wokes plays as a right-handed all-rounder bowling fast medium. What's an ODI bowler? One Day International. Oh, okay. we looked it up. I think at one point. Yeah, and the and the bowler is the guy who pitches. You know, the thrower. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So just what ODIs are one day international ODIs. Yeah. I mean, because uh, you know, an ODI straight wicket wiggly tosser. You know, <laughs> yeah, it could be a phrase. An OD an ODI is is the the quote unquote quick form of cricket. A straight oh, only takes two days. Tosser. No, it's literally a one day event. That's why it's a one day international. 
Good God. Two teams agree to play a one-day quick match. Wow. Or two nations or two whatevers, yeah. It's craziness. Five years yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of the tweet. Play us off, keyboard, Joel. This game goes on for centuries. Oh. Ah. na 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 All right. So, Rescue Rangers. March 4th, 89, premiered on the Disney Channel with the episode Catteries Not Included. Uh, introduced Fat Cat. Fat Cat, right? That was the villain? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, sure. Yep. Continued into September with a two-hour special, Rescue Rangers to the Rescue, which later got broken up into five parts to air as a weekday run. Final episode aired on November 19th, 1990. And actually got syndicated before that in 89. It was put in the Disney afternoon lineup that were on the channel that would eventually become Fox. All true. Yes. Disney afternoon. That was, I think it started out with DuckTales, Rescue Rangers. Woo. And was it? It was Dark eventually Tails, yeah, Tailspin, Tailspin and Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. But there, there was like a dozen different... Uh, Bonkers was in there. There was uh, Gummy Bears. Was in Gummy Bears was before that. But it got put into the Disney afternoon lineup. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, because like when it got launched, they were doing uh, like an hour and they would take two random of DuckTales, Tailspin, uh, Rescue Rangers, and Darkwing Duck every day. Yeah. And flip them. And I actually took a look uh, Rescue Rangers and Tailspin had the same number of episodes. Darkwing Duck had more episodes. I, I want to say uh, Tailspin and uh, Rescue Rangers each had 65. 65. It's like, it's like 91 for Dark uh, for Darkwing and over 100 for DuckTales. I will get into that in the trivia. Oh, really? There's, there's, a, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, so this was created by Tad Stones. And the original concept for the series did not have Chip and Dale. They originally suggested it based on the Rescuers, which had um, Down Under. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that one. Who were the, the voices? That was Zsa uh, Zsa Gabor <laughs> and uh, Newhart, Bob Newhart. Tom Poston. No, Bob, the voices of the Rescuers. Yeah. He's being serious. Those were the two voices. Oh, I thought he was wanting to name off of Newhart. So I was no. naming other Newhart people. Sorry. No, no. Jaja Gabor and Bob Newhart they were the voices of the the two mice and the rescuers. Uh, Jeffrey Katzenberger rejected it as Rescuers Down Under was beginning at the time. It came out in 1990. Uh, they then developed a pitch called Metro Mice, fe- featuring a mouse character called Kit Colby as the main protagonist. And would eventually turn into Gadget and Montre Jack along with Chameleon. But Katzenberg and Michael Eisner wanted known Disney characters as the stars. And Michael Eisner suggested putting Chip and Dale in. And so the rest, as they say, is history. It is. So you have Tress McNeil doing the voice of Chip. And then Corey Burton doing the voice of Dale. Hmm. Uh, they went down. They were the voices for a long, long time. Um, at 
let's see, Corey Burton also did the voice of Hugo Strange in Batman Arkham City. Mm. Did the voice of Moliere from Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Very underrated Disney movie, if I say so myself. And, uh, of course, Tress McNeil would go on to do Dot Warner. And lots of Simpsons. Lots of Simpsons, lots of Futurama, yeah. So, yeah, she did the voice of uh, Agnes Skinner was the main one that she did. Uh, Jim Cummings did the voice of Monterey Jack for 63 episodes. And the ever-present Peter Cullen also did the voice of Monterey Jack. They swapped off. Hmm. I didn't realize that. Interesting. Okay. So, some other voices that showed up in this show. Pat Carroll, who was Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Uh, Robert Ito. Uh, he was the Japanese scientist from Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, I thought he was the judge in the uh, O.J. Simpson trial. <laughs> <laughs> that is also true. Judge, yeah. Judge Ito. That would have been funny. Topical for Rescue Rangers. Mel Blanc actually had an uncredited voice in there. Bernard Fox, who, uh, if you remember from The Mummy, he was Captain Havelock, the guy who got sunk into the sand after they flew the plane. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ruth Buzzy and Kathleen Freeman, who played the nun from the Blues Brothers. And is also uh, a voice actor. Yes. So yeah, a lot of great voices on this. Some trivia. It was the number one rated syndicated cartoon for the 89-1990 season in America. And also, as Josh was saying before, like many cartoons of the 80s and 90s, the show was canceled following production of its 65th episode. Despite it being a success, the logic from the animation industry held that cartoons were only successful up to the point where they would be able to be package for syndication and the minimum number of episodes for syndication is 65. Huh? Yep. They eventually learned their lesson. You know, it looks like Josh, like Josh said, uh, Darkwing Duck had more episodes and uh, DuckTales had tons more. But 65 was a magic number for syndication because then they're like, oh, now it's syndicated. We just put it in there, just get money from syndication and go on to something new. Hmm. Wow. Missed opportunity for some things, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the voices of Chip and Dale were sped up in each episode to give an authentic Chipmunk voice to the duo done by the voice actors speaking slowly in their character voices and then speeding up to Chipmunk level in post. It'd be hard to act if you're having to think about how you're, you know, how fast you're saying something, you know? Well, I'm, I'm really lost in this sentence by the phrase authentic chipmunk voices. Yeah. You yeah, know, like, how chipmunks talk when they're talking English. Yeah, right? Don't talk, like, don't talk there is chipmunks. no such thing as an authentic chipmunk voice. That's because you're from Texas. You don't have never heard the Christmas song. That's such a stupid thing. Like, make them talk however you want. Just because they did it on that stupid fucking album doesn't mean you gotta make them. I I, okay. I had a conversation with the chipmunk this morning. 
But shut up. That was a fox in disguise, and we both know it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just... I, spoiler, I absolutely yeah. detest the whole chipmunk voice thing. I in, in my entire life, I have never once enjoyed that. I hated the chipmunk song. I hated the chipmunks. I hate Chip and Dale. I hate all of it. That whole high-pitched, whiny voice just... I. I couldn't even get through a full episode trying to watch this show. I'm like, this is no, I, I can't do it. How do you feel about the Chippendales, though? Like the characters? No, or the Chippendales. The dancers? Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, their voices are a lot deeper, so I don't have as Good much point. Of a problem. Good how point. how much will you give me to change Pat's voice to the chipmunk voice? For the <laughs> <show>? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I find it just, it, it's like, like, you know how people have that problem with fingernails on a chalkboard? That's how it is to me. I can't stand it. So it. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, you didn't get through very many episodes and No, I didn't even get through one. I literally did. I couldn't do it. I was like, no, I can't. I just, I can't do this. Well, I, that's why I wanted to go watch the new one. Cause I'm like, I know they're not doing it in that movie. So I, I want to watch that one. Here's here's the thing though, and that maybe maybe I because I watched I think six episodes total, um, which we should probably ask if this is the first viewing for anybody. But before we do that, um, I noticed that the story was more about Gadget and uh, Monterey than it was the Rangers. Because at least in the six episodes I watched, which were like the first three, and then I picked out the last very last episode and two of the higher rated ones they were hardly even the focus. Like they didn't really say much or do much. It was more about the other characters. It seemed like, well, they said enough to make Paco squirrely. Well, I was watching the pilot. (laughs) I was watching the pilot, which had obviously plenty of chip and nail in it. So yeah, that's why, that's why it just annoyed me. I was, I can't do it. I can't do it. Definitely not my first viewing. This was, this was part of my watch in the, I mean, 1990, I was already out of high school. So this was just my, finish work sitting around and uh watching cartoons in the afternoon phase yeah this this was my first watch for sure and i'm a fan uh have been for a long time this was while i probably watched more episodes of ducktales this was probably my favorite disney afternoon show uh, uh, i'm more of a darkwing duck guy myself i but... would say that this might be my first viewing i don't remember what? ever watching it before and if i did it was in passing because i yeah i don't I, I really don't really i yeah that surprises me why because i don't know it just seems like something you would watch yeah i agree with him not this can't you just like please? That, that yeah. makes me sad. I mean, it's obvious. Like you guys all know that I, I'm a fan. Uh, Sarah and yeah. I were Monterey Jack and uh, Gadget Hack Wrench for uh, Halloween. There, there's a Halloween party we don't go to all the time, but every year we go to it, uh, we win the costume contest. And this was our first uh, couple's costume that won the contest. And it was, admittedly, it was a damn good costume. Well, yeah, they're the characters that, like, we, especially when I was heavier, that we most uh, physically resemble. Well, and you do have a crippling cheese addiction, so. I do, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I had been growing my mustache out for a very long time, 
And uh, it is one of like those months, the day before Halloween, all the way till it grew back are pretty much since I was like 31. The only time I have not had a goatee, I shaved my goatee for the costume and grew out. And my it's mustache. a sweet, sweet costume where we're, we're putting that in the show notes so you can see how awesome of a costume set up both him. and Yeah, if, if you download it from anywhere, yeah, where you can see the show album art, you'll you'll see the two of us. Yeah. I mean, and Gadget, hugely popular character, currently uh, has yeah. a Russian cult. Yes, she was one of the first Disney characters to appear in Russia. And yeah, there's there's a cult wor- that worships Gadget, which is weird. fucking weird. Yep, that's weird. a thing. But uh, I enjoy this one. This was a fun... I mean, I, I like the fact that they ran... Um, Chip and Dale both off Magnum PI and Indiana Jones. You know, those that, that was pretty cool. I like that. I like the, you know, Hawaiian shirt and pants. Yeah. Yeah. That's a look for me. <laughs> He's not joking, folks. Can't, can't go out and solve <laughs> mysteries like that. I've so discovered. I mean, like, <laughs> the mystery Officer, of your pants. Rescue are. Ranger. <laughs> You're no, a loony. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it's fun. I mean, I thought it was a fun show. I thought it was, you know, the characters were very entertaining. Um, you know, you had the tropes going on where Monterey Jack always floated off after the cheese. Gadget was the, you know, fixing stuff up. And uh, it, it's just a fun, a fun watch. I mean, my girls watched it too. They, they enjoyed it. I mean, it's Chip and Dale. How can you not like them? Well, Q Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I have a problem with them as characters. It's I mean, literally my only problem with the entire production are those voices. Okay. Now, Joel, what were you going to say? I I just, I found it, and, and, and maybe it's because I'm not watching it with the nostalgic perspective of someone who enjoyed it as a much younger person, but I found it to be very formulaic, uninteresting, and just kind of bland. I didn't, I don't get the appeal of it. I, I'm I'm happy that people enjoy it, and I, I get that. You know, I have that with some things too, a lot of things. But for me, I just I I saw no value in it, even as an adult or as as a kid. I mean, I guess as a kid, there's maybe some fun, but it just like one of the episodes I watched was uh, it may have been the last episode actually with Jaja Gabor and. Carol Channing playing dogs that are the one is trying to kill the other to take over their life to be a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of fun to hear Carol Channing and, and Josh Agabor doing voices, but I don't know. I just, I found myself trying to watch as many episodes as I could. And I'm like, well, maybe there's, maybe I'll watch another one. It'll be better. And I'll grab one of the ones that's on the list as like some of the best episodes. And it, it was just like, well, this is the same as the other three episodes I've already watched. So I'm like, Meh. so I wasn't looking forward to the movie. Let's put it that way. Huh? And I'm sorry. I, th- no, no, you don't, don't have apologize. to apologize. Yeah. I'm trying yeah, not I mean, to you're wrong on. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to be Patrick. <laughs> hey, what? No, I mean, and that, but it, it is formulaic. I mean, it's not, there's no overarching plot for the whole thing. They, find a mystery they solve a mystery the end you know it's scooby-doo with chipmunks yeah 
and I just, I mean, my my whole thing on it is, it's 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 right there in that group of all those shows that all you guys like that I don't necessarily like, you know, Darkwing Duck and blah 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 blah, all those shows that all aired together. I never really watched any of them, so you know, they never really had any kind of hold on me. So, hmm. I'm yeah, I'm not apparently in the target audience. Yeah, well, I think Mike watched cartoons, uh, w- like he said, well into college, and uh, I'm younger than you guys are. Um, right. Guy, I was just, I was still in elementary school when this first came out in 1989. Yikes. Hmm. Yeah, I'm class of 93, so so's Joel. Yeah, that's I right. I know, but it's just sometimes when you just put it into like perspective like that, it's like, oh, he's... Yeah, I think the my my other thing on the cartoon watching is the fact that I have two younger siblings. You know, one that's five years younger, one that's eleven years younger than me. So, you know, it's one of those. You know, they're watching it. You know, I'm not going to win the argument when this comes on. That's going to be on for the afternoon type of thing. And you know, we only had one TV, so. And we were all, uh, maybe Patrick, not as much as the rest of us, but we were watching cartoons in the dorms. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I, was, I, was too, I was too yeah. busy having sex. So. Well, I mean, I was too. Just it, not It's kind of sad cartoons. the fact that you had the only TV on the floor, so we're kind of sorry for being in there while that was going on. But yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys needed something entertaining. It was Darkwing Duck, you know? I mean, God. <laughs> Sure. Nah. <laughs> but who's having sex now? That's a good uh, point. Uh, yep. uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, the, the Disney afternoon, they had they kept that's when uh Gargoyles rolled out was in the Disney afternoon also. That's yeah. another show I've never seen an episode of. Sorry, Jeff. Well, really? That one is that one's a little later too. That that one's going to go deeper into the '90s. I missed it when it first premiered, uh, but uh, Sarah was huge into it, and I keep seeing things online about how great it is. So I recently watched it, and it's high quality. Lots of uh, Star Trek Next Gen voice actors. Yeah. Before it's, it's, we move, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's it's w- uh, one of the cartoons that. It, it had actually had death of characters in it. Mm-hmm. So that's a big I, deal. I wanted to make sure before we moved on to the break, we talked about one thing and that's the theme song. Uh, while the DuckTales theme song is, it's more iconic. Uh, the Rescue Rangers theme song. I, I got a nostalgia hit every single time. I never skipped the intro. Uh, I think it, it holds up. But then mm-hmm. again, I'm a fan, so I'm biased. No, I think it holds up, too. I think all the ones from uh, the Disney Afternoon, except for stuff like Bonkers, I think were... I don't they, even know they, Bonkers. Yeah, you do. It was a, the the cat that was a cop. The cat that was a cop. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. You'll, you would, you'll recognize it if you... Well, and I think uh, a reason he might not know that one, and I didn't know it very well, is because I don't think Bonkers ever made it off the Disney Channel. Oh, I've seen images of this cat, but I've never seen an episode of this. And that's the thing is the others made it to the Disney afternoon on Fox, and I didn't have cable until uh, we lived together in the apartment. So I never saw Bonkers either. 
Yeah, I didn't while have cable he came either. out, while oh. he came out in '93, the first time I had cable was '95. Okay. The neighbors had cable, but we just were usually trying to watch scrambled porn. So, you know, not much cartoons happening. Let's see. I'm looking up the lineup off of DisneyFandom.com. You watched porn with your neighbors? Doesn't everybody? Didn't you? <laughs> it's not my neighbors. I didn't. Uh, I should live better. Texas, better people. man. Yeah. Yeah. Things that showed up in 90 to 91. The lineup was Gummy Bears, DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, and Tailspin. Sounds they, right. Yeah, then they dropped Gummy Bears and added Darkwing Duck. And then they added Goof Troop. And that's one that people will fight you for, man. Goof Troop? That, the, the Goofy movie and that. Yeah, I didn't realize the Goofy movie was such a huge thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's Those fans real are rabid. <laughs> The other one, like I, I, my opinions about the Emperor's New Groove, like I, I keep quiet on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a pile of fucking shit. Yep, it's out there now. Damn. It's out there now. Yeah. It's my least favorite Disney movie. I think it sucks, and I know, uh, especially when it comes to like people who are five years younger than me, that's a very unpopular opinion. Yeah, I've never seen it, and I've. Never really had any desire to. The Schnookums and Meat Funny Cartoon Show. Ah, I remember here. I've seen, I've seen that online, but I've not. I don't know if I actually seen it. I just know of it. Kind of like looks, that bonkers thing. Looks like uh, uh, Ren and Stimpy ish. Then they had Gargoyles, Aladdin, Timon and Pumbaa, the cartoon, Quack Pack, and Mighty Ducks. All showed up in there, so. Zipper showed up on Mighty Ducks, I know. Uh, Zipper a couple times. Like, he was a weird mid-season addition to the Rescue Rangers, just to get us back on Rescue Rangers. (laughs) As, like, a friend of Monty's who uh, joins the cast after, like, uh, one of the confrontations with Fat Cat. And uh, Zipper was one of their go-tos for Rescue Ranger obscure reference when they started doing that. Hmm. So yeah, he he made cameos oh. in a lot of other things. So this this show or this group did not exist prior to or post this show, other than the movie that that we're going to talk about after the break. Is that right? Like the uh, Rescue Rangers? Not like as a, they have their own show slash movie. Like, I think they showed up in Kingdom Hearts, uh, mostly as a pop culture reference until the movie came back out. Yeah. Now, Gadget and Monterey Jack, were they, th- this was their introduction or did they exist? Because I don't know. They, they were just Rescue Rangers. Okay. Because I was going to say, I don't remember ever seeing them other than in this show or associated with the show, but you know, I wasn't sure if it was like a super group, so to speak, like they were in something prior <laughs> to this or post, but, and I don't remember the name of the bug. Zipper. Zipper. I, I no. literally just said it like uh, 45 seconds ago. You did. You did actually. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that was his name. I just remember he's yeah. a bug, a fly. Yeah. Or something. Apparently. Apparently he is fly because we found what we find out in the movie. Ah. 
Yeah, that, I'm looking forward to talking. I was so happy because I Rick. Well, well, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll there. get there. We'll get there. I think, yeah, I think I think right now we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a second and talk about Rescue Rangers 2022. Okay, we are back. We are going to talk about the 2022 Rescue Rangers. 30 years after their popular television show ended, Chipmunks Chip and Dale live very different lives. When a cast member from the original series mysteriously disappears, the pair must reunite to save their friend. Kind of tropey, kind of... Pretty succinct. Yeah, but very, very, very tight on that one. Uh, This is directed by Akiva Schaefer. Akiva. Akiva or Akiva? Akiva. Akiva, Akiva yeah, I would, yeah. uh, who also did Hot Rod, a bunch of Lonely Island videos, and a bunch of Saturday Night Live stuff, shorts. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a, so one of Adam Sandler's buddies. Yeah. Right. It's literally this Lonely Island is. Who, or, or not Sandler, yeah. Uh, Sandberg, yeah. Andy Sandberg, not Adam. Yeah, because yeah, this Lonely Island is the core of this, this film. All three right. of them. Right. Yeah. So uh, Dan Greger was written. And by him and Doug Mand. And the two of them both did How I Met Your Mother and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. But uh, Doug Mand wrote uh, Doolittle that we did not too long ago as a show. The Robert Downey one? Yeah. None of us liked that. No. He still did it, though. He still still something he did. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't consult us. Yeah. (laughs) That's That's why we didn't like it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, good point. All right. Yeah. So, but uh, this stars John Mulaney as Chip, the optimistic co-founder of the Rescue Rangers, and also Tress McNeil briefly provides the voice for Chip Chipmunk's authentic Chipmunk <laughs> voice. Shut your mouth. <laughs> and then I Mason, was convinced. Yeah, sounded like all the Chipmunks around here. Uh, Mason Blomberg did Young Chip. Andy Samberg was Dale. Uh, who had the photorealistic computer animation instead of still shaded because he got plastic surgery. And then Corey Burton also does the voice of the chipmunk voice. And Juliet Donfield does Young Dale. Will Arnett shows up as Sweet Pete. Uh, Eric Bana as Monterey Jack. Keegan-Michael Key as Bjornsson, the cheesemonger. And uh, Seth Rogen as Bob, the Viking. J.K. Simmons as Captain Putty, Kiki Lane as Ellie Steckler, the LAPD cop, Tim Robinson as Ugly Sonic, which was had a lot we'll more to, to that. do with this movie than I expected. Flula Borg as DJ Hergerzenegazak, the snake, who is a DJ fan of Chippendale. Dennis Haysbert as Zipper the Housefly. He's the uh, insurance guy. Yeah, he's also Serrano from Major League. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tress McNeil as Gadget Heckrench. Devon McDonald as Jimmy the Polar Bear. And Chris Parnell as Dale's agent, Dave mm-hmm. Bolinari. <laughs> uh, Keegan also had a secondary role. Uh, he was he was the frog cop, uh, the frog co-worker in, uh, at the insurance agency. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yes, whenever they want to show somebody's life has gone down into the pits and it's terrible, they're always working insurance. Well, Mr. Incredible? 
Mm-hmm. Life sucks. I'm selling insurance. So uh, early in the film, Dale stars in his own show titled Double O Dale. In the early 90s, Disney was actually developing a show called Double O Duck. Uh, it was scrapped when it was discovered that the title Double O is owned by Ian Fleming of the James Bond novels, and Double O Duck was reworked and became Darkwing Duck. Hmm. So that's cool. Uh, you watch the signs in the background shows that Dobby the house elf became a model for Gucci after Harry <laughs> Potter wrapped. <laughs> I missed that. Oh, yeah. It's kind of blurry, but uh, Sarah and I noticed it right away. There's there's so much in the background. Yeah, that, that, that's one of them I just happened to miss. And then also when raiding Sweet Pete's mm-hmm. bo- bootlegging facility, Captain Putty readies the battering rams. The rams shown resemble the mascot logo of the L.A. Uh, rams NFL team. One of the co-workers and vice chairman of the football team is also a filmmaker that resides in Los Angeles and is named Dale Chip Rosenblum. That's funny. I don't know if those are actually all connected, but it's kind of neat that they're all there. It's funny. So, yeah. Obviously, I mean, I, I, like it. I, I enjoyed the, the, the joke alone just to get the battering rams and two rams ran the door down. That was funny enough. Yeah. But to know there was an even funnier layer, or an even deeper layer, I guess. Well, there was so much packed into this. So many references. Yeah, see, I, I, okay, yeah, obviously, like we said, first references for every, or first watch for everybody. I just wanted to say this real quick. As soon as no. this hit, it started blowing up on Reddit. Like, people were post- making threads, like, talking about, oh, this reference, oh, that reference, and putting little five-second clips up. Oh, this is reference, and, and I'm just sitting there going... Oh my god! I'm gonna watch this, and it's gonna be just another version of like Ready Player One, where all they're doing is just puking up pop culture references and everything. I was so afraid of that walking into this movie. What? And my, when you that was see my it, mindset going in. When you see the trailer, that's a reasonable fear. Like uh, when I first saw the trailer, a lot of people immediately started shitting on this movie without having seen it. And I was like, okay, there's two ways this could go. This could be a total tire fire. Or this could be awesome, and I'm gonna wait to see. And it's interesting that you compare it to Ready Player One because uh, Sarah did the same thing while we were watching it. And I think the key difference between this and Ready Player One is Ready Player One and even Space Jam that we saw not so long ago were just like reference. This is content where every reference here either was a visual gag or served to advance characterization or plot in some way. And also didn't take itself seriously as a reference that was one of the big problems in Ready Player One. It was, it wasn't just nostalgia. It was like so serious about its nostalgia. Like if you don't nostalgia like I nostalgia, then you suck. Was the vibe from Ready Player One, and this was just tongue in cheek, a lot of fun, a lot of, you know, well written. You know, uh, spoiler, you know, <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think this was how, what Ready Player One kind of wanted to be, as far as like you know, making all the the pop culture references without just being a regurgitation of pop culture. Yeah, I, so think I, that's... I agree with you, Josh, is, is the short version of what I'm saying. Well, I mean, they, they, all the references, I think, were there were some that were in your face, you know. For sure, yeah. Ugly Sonic. But there was enough of them in the background <laughs> that are subtly done that, like, what was the... Well, okay, I, 
it, your example right there, though, of Ugly Sonic. Ugly Sonic was not just like a throwaway in-your-face reference. He actually turned out to be an important character. He was an no, integral no, no. part of the plot. Yeah, so he just yeah. he deserves some screen time. No, 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 and I agree with that. I mean, with some of them, but I mean, some of them like were every now and then you had a little little truck of like, hey, there's a reference type of thing. But there was so much stuff packed into the background of things that you could you could literally watch this movie three times and catch a new thing. Right, and that's, that's kind of one of the things I liked about it, because it wasn't just going, hey, point, 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 look at this reference. Yeah, They were just making them. It was just happening, you know? It was just yeah, in the background. If you catch it, you catch it. If you don't... Well, right. And it was organic, yeah. because it had, I mean, it you had the different movies that were popping up in there, like um, Waze the movie. Did you see the pic- the slant? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Or where they get spit out of the, the sewer, and in the background, it, it's a billboard for Lego Miserables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was even a... Subtle stuff like the box of fireworks that are in the garage, uh, say uh, Disney parade fireworks for the nightly parade in the park. <laughs> oh, cool. Now, Which I'm actually go- comes into play later. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to. I'm going to get a little bit on my like animation thing here. Do it. I did not like the animation in this for the for chip. The 2D. The, you the mean? 2D was. Cell was like pseudo 3D cell shading, and I really think they they should have gone with classic, like I don't I don't want to say hand drawn, but at least digitally drawn. This looked like they had outlined the characters and colored them in with crayons. I did not like the 2D animation in this one. I will agree with you in terms of the specific characters that were from Rescue Rangers. However, the characters like uh, Lumiere. Um, was well oh. done, you know. Yeah, Lumiere, My Little the My Little Ponies running around. Those were all animated really well. I just think that I the rescue the polar bear was themselves. Good. Yeah, the polar bear. The yeah, the Coca Cola bear was. But he was, was cool. three. He was CGI. Yeah, well, but and I kind of think that may have been an artistic choice to make the difference in animation style more stark between the three D and the old school. Like, I guess that you didn't like it, but I don't think it was a lack of skill. I think it was an artistic choice. Yeah, I agree with you. They, they, they I'm sure they had the skill. I mean, you can, like Joel said, you could see that in the other 2D art. But I just think I was expecting it to be the Rescue Rangers as they were drawn in the 90s. You know, it, it just seemed a little too chunky. Well, and I think that's what they were trying to go for, was trying to make it look like they had pulled the original animation cells and that's why it looked kind of less than like Lumiere, just to, to cite the example. Because mm-hmm. you know, Beauty and the Beast, it's a, it's one of the selling points is it's very beautifully animated. But for a cartoon like this, where they're knocking out you know thirty, forty episodes a season, they got to be quick and dirty, and so it's going to be a little bit more like a McDonald's hamburger instead of a you know filet mignon. And the stuff you can see on Disney Plus now is a remaster. Like, I don't know. I think that they're trying to go for the the way it looked originally on pre-digital broadcasting. That's how I felt, too. That's what I th- was thinking maybe was the case. However, uh, I don't want to, I don't know if we're calling spoilers since it's like just less than a week old. But uh, the main bad guy, I did not like the animation on that. I get what they were going for, but it didn't work for me 
before we go on, I just want to toss out a couple calls. One to Jeff Bennett for doing the voice of Lumiere. Mm-hmm. He spot on for his voice. I thought he was he did a great job. Yeah, R.I.P. Jerry Orbuck. Yep. Yeah. And uh, here, Patrick, do you know who did the voice of Baloo? No, I don't. I didn't even think. Yeah, I didn't even. Because in the live action, it was um, Bill Murray. Hmm. Remember that? But this was not Bill Murray. This was Stephen Curtis Chapman. Right? I thought that was such a weird choice. Huh. (laughs) I know. It's not the the name I was at all expecting. That's why I didn't like even register it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that too, Mike. And I was like. Wait, what? Is Michael W. Smith in here too? And you know, who else we got? Andy Grant? <laughs> yeah, and it was weird. Uh, but Ellen Oppenheimer did the Carolyn voice of He Man on the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, Ellen Oppenheimer did He Man and Skeletor together, and they brought back Charles Fleischer for Roger Rabbit. Oh, they really did? Wow. Yeah. 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 Um what I, I think speaking of voices, one of my one of the one of the moments that I really enjoyed, I won't say my favorite, but was when all of Seth Rogen's characters were <laughs> all, all there at the same at each time. other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty good. I thought that was that was funny, clever. Now I and Josh, you were talking, or Joel was talking about Peter, old Peter Pan, sweet Pete. That I thought was kind of rough, considering what happened to Peter Pan. Right. Yeah, well, and I, they th- I think they take the world that you're presented in something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and it's like, okay, let's take this to its logical conclusion with what happens with actors in Hollywood. Like, yeah, like what act- happens if you extrapolate the world of you know Roger Rabbit? You know? Yeah, and do the same thing that happens to child actors, and what would that look like? And I thought that that uh, what their choice, uh, that bit was not spoiled for me. And when I found out who Sweet Pete was, I was impressed with their decision, and I it totally worked for me. Yeah, yeah. same. I had when they started using Sweet Pete. I actually have uh, Sweet Pete from Goofy as my guess of who the the villain is. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, because I figured it was I figured it was Pete. Pete's always the villain. Yep. But... I was actually wondering if it was going to be Pete uh, from Pete's Dragon. Pete Rose. Oh, Pete from Pete's Dragon. No, Pete, the little blonde kid from Pete's Dragon. Like it, yeah. and his his mob enforcer guy would be the dragon. That's what I was kind of expecting. Yeah. So we but get into this. We get the uncanny valley. Yeah. Instead, we got the the polar bear and the uncanny. Yeah, I really enjoyed that joke. That uncanny valley joke. Mm-hmm. Again, lots going on when they first walk into there, or even before that, when they're in the village where everything looks all sweet and innocent. There's so many characters that they're throwing in there, left and right. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you notice uh, Chun Li had a star on the Walk of Fame. Yep. Yeah. Oh, nice. I didn't see yeah. that. And so, and you've got all you got the claymation style. You've got Muppets all living in this world. And I am glad to see someone that takes uh, Muppets with a dark side and doesn't immediately make it gross. Because I know Joel's a fan of Meet the Feebles. I hated Meet the Feebles because I thought it was uh, juvenile, a, a juvenile and mean spirited. Agreed. I mean, it was, yeah. And uh, acknowledging that, like, if you've got, like, 
different social classes and people who make decisions in Hollywood, like there are going to be Muppets that have drug problems or mug, uh, Muppet, Muppet fights, under, underground Muppet fights. <laughs> right. I, I honestly would pay to see that. But you uh, you can have that be a gag that shows up twice in this with it be going a little dark, but without it being Gross. stomach twisting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's a it's a good, you know, uh it's a good time to use tell don't show instead of the other way around, you know. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, it was kind of weird seeing uh both Rick and Morty uh referenced a lot and South Park. Yeah. Felt right, a yeah, out of Randy, place, but... Randy Marsh being in jail was pretty funny. That was, and or not in jail the... in the in the sauna in, in the, the sauna, sauna yep. yeah. yeah. No, I I enjoyed this more than I expected to. I was tried to stay away from all spoilers. Tried to stay away. I mean, I didn't and even really watch the outside of like the sneak peek trailer. I didn't really watch anything on this one, and I was surprised. Like I said, the Peter Pan thing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, anybody out there, look up what happened to the voice actor for Peter Pan. And that's why I'm talking about that got a little dark. His his life did not turn out well after that. And it kind of parallels mm-hmm. what they're talking about in this one, that he wasn't the little it, kid yeah. anymore. Kind of the same thing that happened to Jake Lloyd from the tweet. Yeah. 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 But I, you know, there were enough twists. J.K. Simmons was fantastic as a Sarge. You know, yep, he, right. Yeah, J.K. Simmons, I think, can do no wrong at this point. He's just awesome and everything. Um, he's entered. He's entered the golden part of his career where he's just going to start start being the Morgan Freeman type. I think turn, I turn think out gonna, awesome role after the next awesome Bill role. Murray. Yeah, maybe you might he's be right about whatever that. the hell he wants. Yeah, but and knocking uh, it out no. of the park every time. I I like the character development of the Chipmunks. Well, yeah. the, the twist with gadget and zipper. Oh yeah, I there were a couple of voices. Uh, J.K. Simmons was, of course, like you recognize him as soon as he speaks. And zipper with Dennis Haysbert was the other one for me, and it made me so happy because it was such a different, like a subversion of what you would think of for both, like who did gadget end up with, and what did zipper, if he was played by an actor, what would he sound like. Yeah, what does Zipper's real voice sound like, not the characters? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But all in all, I was pleasantly pleased with this whole thing. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't I wasn't crazy excited going into it, but I was definitely I enjoyed it. Go ahead, Joel. I, Sorry. I was just gonna say the kind of the same thing that after watching the cartoon, I was like it's like I'm gonna wait and watch this, you know, today. Um, so it's fresh in my mind and, you know, I was kind of like, man, I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I kept seeing people post about it. Primarily people that are younger than myself that are, you know, middle thirties or early thirties that it was in their wheelhouse. And so I was like, ah, they're maybe just, you know, fanboys of it because they grew up with it. I was, as soon as I like was 15, 20 minutes into it, I was like, holy crap, I got to have the rest of the family watch this. So I'm probably going to end up watching it again with with Laura and the kids because I'm like, there's enough in here that they're all going to appreciate something. And you're going to get to catch a lot of stuff you missed the first times. Exactly. Because I'm watching it while I'm you know doing other stuff. So I'm not paying 100 percent attention. But I found myself stopping what I was doing and paying attention because I was like, oh, shit, I didn't want to miss. I don't want to miss anything else, you know, because there it is. It's like it's like you're sitting down at a buffet and it's a good buffet, not a bad buffet. (laughs) 
But yeah, it's um, it it's not horribly surprising considering you know the the level of comedy and 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 chops involved in this movie that it turned out to be good. I'm just I'm glad it was enjoyable and I didn't have to suffer through something that I was kind of worried about. Oh yeah. This had so that's the thing that's why I stayed away from the trailers is it had so much potential to just be a heaping pile of ready player one. Right? I agree. It, se- it seems like they let them write and perform and do everything that they wanted to do and like a a bunch of corporate no nothings didn't interfere too much. It that's- very easily could have been a cash grab and it wasn't. And there was one line in there that made me think of you guys. And I don't know if you guys remember it, but when uh, I think it was the mom was talking to or somebody was talking to one of the either Chip or Dale. And they're like, you're not Donald Duck. Put some pants on. Or no, that was when <laughs> the kids were coming into school. Yeah, yeah, yeah at the very beginning of this. Yeah, coming to school. Exactly. Like, you're not Donald Duck. Put some pants on. And I was like, he's Donald Duck in it. <laughs> and can we talk about Post Malone and the theme song? It was pretty good. It was clever. Yeah. I mean, of course he would do it. I mean, he did the cover. Of, didn't he do? Uh, did Sunflower? Sunflower? No, no, no. He, he did a cover of the uh, Pokemon theme song, didn't he? He did. He did? He did. Yeah, pretty well received as well. Oh. All right. Fair enough. Weird. No, I, Seems you're, like you're, Post you're... Malone can do no wrong. <laughs> well. He's well... the next J.K. Simmons. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is this. I was very pleased with the way this turned out. Um, I don't know if they could pull a second one out of this. It seemed this seems like it's a one shot, and I kind of hope they keep it that way. I kind of hope that that if the guys from this on the island are the people, I think they are, and I know Andy Samberg is definitely you know in our kind of mindset. He's a he's a fanboy that with the way the movie ended, I'm wondering if they would maybe do a different property like Darkwing Duck, for example. Well, that would be great if they brought Darkwing Duck back. But, um, but no, I just, I mean, I, I, I get worried when they redo something and it shows up and really does a great job. Now they're going to milk it instead of yeah, doing something. Some, something is coming again from these guys. Yeah, for sure. One thing well, or another. And I think they've earned our trust with this, where it could have been a cash grab, and it wasn't. So I'm willing to, like, if they're saying that they're going to do another one just like this, I'm still on board until it turns out to be bad. Because, I mean, some of, they did some serious work to get some of these cameos. Like, a lot of these things are not Disney properties. Dobby's not a Disney property. Um, The uh, Ugly Sonic was a black eye to the studio that made it. And uh, the fact that they got that reference in the first place took them a lot of work. And, and yeah, to get them to even sign off on letting them do that would probably took something, some work too. Yeah. Yeah. There's articles about it. And uh, oh, I was yeah. pretty, I was pretty impressed with uh, what they did with the character, like acknowledging it's like, he's, he's part of pop culture because he was bad. Yeah. And it's, I wonder at that table where they're having that conversation where, you know, I don't know if it's Andy Samberg or if it's Dan Greger or whoever it is that's at that conversation going, no, seriously, trust us, lean into this. Right. This will help you. 
Yeah. We know it was terrible. We know it was awful. Lean into it and people are going to love it. If you acknowledge the horrible thing or you acknowledge the goofs and mistakes, it seems nowadays that's more genuine than, you know, pulling a Streisand effect and trying to get nobody to look at it, you know? This is a secret tool that'll help us later. (laughs) I told you I was working with the FBI. Yeah. And the scene where they've like zoomed in on his mouth and they're just, you just see in those human teeth as he's moving his lips. And And then later on, Ugly Sonic goes slow. (laughs) Or, Or when he was in the helicopter, he's like, oh, Bit my lip. Damn these teeth. Did you notice that uh, when Sweet Pete got uh, turned into his final form that he had Woody's leg? Yeah. From Toy Story. That's the first thing I noticed. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Yeah, Woody's yeah, leg. He, he had a transformer. Other Was the other leg. Yeah, he, he looked less realistic and more like a video game character. And his voice changed. Form. He turned into one of these. I don't know. I can't do the voice, but. He did like um like a Tigger voice. It was like Tigger. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have the Sweet Pete voice anymore. I yeah, I think he had a voice of one of his component parts. But yeah. I'd have to watch it again because each of his component parts was a specific reference. Right. And I'm trying to find a picture of him. Oh <laughs> well, the. The cat looks like the cat from Puss in Boots is what it looked like to me. Puss in Boots? No. No. Yeah. Um... From Shrek. No. Oh, definitely not. Not. not no. Puss, what not was it? Bro, I don't know. I mean... it, 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 she, the head looks like um, the cat from <sighs> Cattery's Not Included. Oh, the one the little girl was missing? You might be right about that. I mean, there are a lot of deep cut references, so that would not surprise me. Right. And then, of course, Woody and then the Transformer leg also. Yeah. Um, And then when he shot the ball out at the end or whatever, it almost looked like it wasn't from Mario Brothers, but it reminded me of like the... (laughs) My nose! (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think? Oh, Patrick, the the Terminator 2 reference. Yep. When he slid under the door and then she used the... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Variation on the boom, 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 boom theme. They, they, they twisted it just enough that it wasn't, you know, maybe copyrighted. I don't know. It was similar, very similar. But yeah, it was <clears throat> when she first picked that fire extinguisher up, I knew how that was going to end. But yeah, it was yeah. still a good homage. So what do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down? I think it's probably time to do that. Yeah. 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 I'm ready if you guys are. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the originals. I'm thinking I'm thumbs up. I am also pretty obviously thumbs up. Uh, it's a, a rare occasion, but uh, that's a thumb down for me. Wow. And a, and a clear thumbs down from me. Yeah. Or huh. a clear split. That's disappointing. I mean, I'm not surprised about Patrick. He doesn't like things. (laughs) (laughs) He likes some things. Things that suck. Yes, I don't like those things. I I mean, I just, it's honestly, 
the whole the whole thing is all about those voices. It really is. Like wow. if if somebody had a if, if and I'm not I'm not saying find one because I don't really care enough to watch it. But like if there was a dub out there of like somebody doing those you know normal voices for them, I'd probably actually it probably wouldn't be a thumbs down. It'd probably be like a thumbs a, a unenthusiastic thumbs up. But, and it was like Isaac Hayes and Michael Clark Duncan doing the voices <laughs> or something. It doesn't have to go that far, no. No. But yeah, you get my point. So it's all about the voice. Then for the now. I actually, I, I have to go thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs yeah. Up. I enjoyed it. I'm an extremely enthusiastic thumbs up. I uh, had high hopes and they were exceeded. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's I, good to see a reboot remake that doesn't pander to right? remember this. I will 100% watch this a second time and possibly a third just to see if there's anything else I miss. If I, once I watch it with a family, I may or may not watch it a third time. This, yeah, this was well done. Yeah. yeah. I was so impressed. there you go. All right. So if uh, you have your thoughts on Rescue Rangers, you have your own memories, or uh, you just want to dogpile me for slagging off the Emperor's new groove, you can <laughs> let us know by uh, giving us a call at 708 now wrap. That's 708 669 Yep. And if you're looking for a back catalog of shows, you can find them under favorite podcast apps such as Podbean or Pandora. If you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear about us. You can leave us a review on Apple, Google, or Amazon podcasts and support the show through the Kofi link in the show notes. Help us keep those internet costs at bay. So, Joel, what do we have coming up? Well, uh, we're going to be talking about the War of the Worlds. I don't know what voice that's supposed to be. I, I think it's Woody Allen, but I'm not sure. Woody Allen doing Catherine Hepburn? Carol Channing. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be no. I don't want to see that. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, War of the Worlds, the original versus the uh, the Tom Cruise joint, uh, House Party, Jam and Jam, Day the Earth Should Still, and uh, lots and lots more to come. Yeah, lots of stuff on the lineup. Lots of more movies and shows. Definitely give us a call at that number that Josh talked about if you have other ideas. And uh, we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. I mean, if that's the legacy you want to leave and you're good with that, hey, that's cool. You know, that's cool. That's fine. That's fine. We can we can change it. You know, change it for I, baby. Change it for baby. Put baby in the corner and then and then change it for her. It, it's all right. I, I learned giving up from you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I feel like I just got punched in the. Oh my God, <laughs>